Welcome everyone to a post-NHL trade deadline edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a one-step locally owned commercial and residential cleaning company that focuses on providing the highest level of cleaning services and supplies to their clients. Online, they are at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Online, I am on Twitter and Instagram.com at primetimecline, twitch.tv. We were there a lot today, slash primetimepk. Email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Uh, shout out to Waste to Talent for the music today. So, coming up on the program, the NHL trade deadline is done, although as we're recording this, trades are still happening because apparently they're doing the uh, trade calls by, like, Morse code or something. Uh, so we'll have winners and losers so far. We also have a trade in the National Football League. The Raptors trade blows with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Twins and Yankees trade rolls? We'll get into that as this goes along. Uh, but again, thank you so much for listening to the show today. Let's start with the NHL trade deadline. It is in the books. We were on twitch.tv slash primetimepk giving live reaction to the nothingness that happened all day. The biggest trade of the day happened super early with the Minnesota Wild acquiring Marc-Andre Fleury. They were, I think, the biggest winner of the day. Um, they are a team that is just right there looking to kind of burst into that upper echelon in the Western Conference. They're at 76 points right now, currently sitting third in the Central Division, a point back of St. Louis. That is, I was going to say that's likely going to be the matchup. That might not likely be the matchup uh, because you have Nashville, who is tied with Minnesota currently, um, but it looks like those are going to be the teams. I guess Dallas is hanging around in that conversation as well. Winnipeg, not really. Um, but it looks like those are going to be the teams that are kind of hanging around to compete for either the top two central spots or a wild card position in the West. And Minnesota, like we, we've talked a bit on this show about how like Kaprasov is one of the most exciting players in the league and he is a needle mover. And you have a a pretty solid group around them and a pretty well-built team. Marc-Andre Fleury has the opportunity to be a difference maker for this team. At this point, I think I might favor Minnesota over St. Louis in a playoff series. The problem with Minnesota now is that's kind of where that ends because up next would be a matchup with the Colorado Avalanche. And as much as I like what Minnesota has done, Colorado's lost three time on, times on home ice this season. Oof. So, and I... It, it is a theory of the show that just because there are other good teams around you does not mean you can't try to be a good team. And as someone brought up on the Twitch stream today, Colorado has a lot of pressure on them to prove that this is a team that can play playoff style hockey because they have had the best team in the league for a couple of years, at least one of them. And the last few years, they've run into some troubles and slipped on a couple banana peels. Minnesota is now putting themselves in a position where they are the favorite to be that banana peel um, against Colorado. So I think Minnesota is the, the biggest winner of the day. A, a couple others. We'll start positive, shall we? I like what the Penguins did. They add Ricard Raquel at the right at the deadline. Dominic Simone, um, Aston Reese, and I believe it was a second. Yeah, a second. Go to the Anaheim Ducks. I think, like, this is such a Penguins ad, you know? Like, they, they would make a couple moves at the deadline 
every year where it's like uh, just a high end guy that's like, oh, this dude is gonna this dude is gonna make a couple of plays in like May, and we're gonna remember this trade. I, I think Raquel probably fits well on a line with Evgeny Malkin, but if they want to put him on that third line where Simone was with like a Carter and a Kapanen, defensively maybe you lose a little bit from Simone, but I, I think that gives you three potential scoring punch lines. Pittsburgh is locked in an absolute war for that top spot in the Metropolitan Division. It is them, the Rangers, and the Hurricanes all battling for playoff positioning. That's all that we have left in the East is playoff positioning. Columbus is not catching Washington or Boston. All of those teams, like that's, the the, the East eight are figured out. We're just figuring out now where they're all situated. It's crazy to look at the standings in the East though. Like every team is above 80 points right now. In the West, there's two. It's Colorado and Calgary, and the rest are just kind of there. The East playoffs this year, it's kind of like how basketball is. The East play, sorry, the East playoffs this year are going to be phenomenal. Um, but I, I think the Penguins needed to put themselves in a position to, to make a run because I think this Metropolitan Division is wide open. When you look at Carolina up top, they, they, they were a team that I was looking at last year as one that needed to get over the hump. They lost Dougie Hamilton, but... I thought that they had done enough to close the gap on on Tampa Bay. And that may be true, but the Rangers have closed in and the Panthers have accelerated forward. So Carolina still in the mix. The Rangers I talked about a lot on the Twitch stream because they were the only team doing anything today. And we'll talk about them in a second again here. But um, the, the Rangers, I wasn't expecting them to be as good as they have been, but obviously 85 points, they, they've been phenomenal this year. And the Penguins are right in there also at 85 points and they've had some injury issues along the way. So whether it's now three quality scoring lines or a bit more of a loaded up second scoring line, I think Raquel adds a lot to this Penguins team and I think he can contribute at playoff time. So I, I like this a lot for Pittsburgh. I kind of like it for the Ducks as well. Um, I think you get a couple of guys who can help out on the NHL roster roster right now. Simone and Ashton Reese have been to the mountaintop. They've seen what it takes. They can help some of these younger players out. If it doesn't work, it's whatever. It's kind of a free fall right now in Anaheim anyway, which is disappointing because they were an exciting team in the first part of the year, but it's just, it's fallen off. They've lost six in a row. The goal differential is minus 21. They're seven points out of a playoff spot. And so they were in the role of, of seller today. And I think they did pretty well to get a second round pick and then a couple of NHL players for, um, for Ricard Raquel. As we are recording this, we're not sure if the Dadanov trade went through or not. The Detroit Red Wings, I like the return that they got for Nick Letty. So that puts them in the win category for me. And we, we've talked about the Red Wings before as a team that this isn't the year for them. They're in a spot where they can make a bit of a charge next year. They get a fourth for Nemesnikov, which is fine. Like, it's not a a game changer. We're not going to look back at this as the, the start of the new wave of a Detroit Red Wings dynasty. But then earlier in the day, they get Oscar Sundquist, um, Jake Wallman, and a second from St. Louis for Luke Witkowski and Nick Letty, who Nick Letty is a fine NHL defenseman. And I think actually helps out the blues in a, a pretty decent way. And offense isn't going to be necessarily his thing anymore. 16 points in 55 games with the Red Wings so far this season after a 31-point season in 56 games with the Islanders um, last year. He's, I don't view him as a game changer anymore necessarily. I don't know if he ever was like a massive game changer, but he was a good defenseman in his prime. And you, you look at some of the... Um, you look at some of the secondary numbers for Letty, and like he again, he's been 
okay this year. Like the possession numbers haven't been great for a while. Um, like it's, it, I don't think it's a massive move for the Blues, but I think when you get, I still like Sunquist. I, I think a second round pick for Letty is good as well. Like I, I think that, I, I think that the, the Red Wings did really well, and they were one of the teams. And this was, I think, one of the biggest. I think the biggest winner of the day, on honestly, were the sellers because a lot of these sellers had extra cap space to play with, retained a lot of salary, and because of that, I think like Detroit. They retain 50% of Letty's salary. They take on 2.75 of Sunquist. I think that gets them a second round pick. Seattle did that a ton in the last couple of days with Johansson, with um, with Giordano. I think they did a couple of things really well to kind of eat a bunch of the, the salary in these. And so I, I think because of that, one of the winners of the day is just the sellers at this trade deadline because of how well they were able to do bringing in some salary. But I like the return that the Red Wings got for Letty in this one. Uh, a couple of other teams that I have in the winners category for kind of the same reasons. The Avalanche and the Rangers both get the types of players that you should be looking to add at this trade deadline. It's great to go and get a superstar. Um, the acquisition of Stone for Vegas a couple years ago continues to pay dividends for them. But you look at what the Avalanche and the Rangers did, they added the depth that you need to fill out a playoff roster. We talked before about potentially there being some concerns about whether or not Colorado can play playoff-style hockey. Well, I believe Andrew Cogliano can do that. They also get Lekkonen from Montreal, who can do that. I like the depth of Colorado much more today than I did 48 hours ago. And this is a Colorado team that I like, and I, I I don't view this as a team that has much in the way of weaknesses but they improved what little weakness they had in terms of adding to this depth. So I, I think that this was a great job by uh, the, the Colorado Avalanche to do that. And the Rangers. We've talked about the Rangers at length on this podcast. This was a team that I was extremely high on in terms of taking that next step. Panarin, Zabinijad, you you add Lafreniere, you have Capocacco. Um, Chris Kreider is someone who I, I think is great. Um, you have Fox on the blue line who is, we've discovered a game changer. I think this is a, a team that was set up for a next big move. And then they decided to go the old grit and grind way. And I, I didn't think that was the way to go with this team. So they were a, a loser of the off season for me, but they have shown that this is a good way to play. And when they, they go out, they add cop and Mott at forward. And on the blue line, they add Justin Braun cop and Mott play exactly how the Rangers are going to look to play. And like, I, regardless of how well things have gone for the Rangers this year, they were kind of like the flames where I like, especially the top two lines quite a bit could tinker a little bit, but that's fine. I like the top two, the third line, it gets a little, eh, and the fourth line, I'd replace all of them. And I understand why you wouldn't want to replace Reeves necessarily because the whole experience thing, fine. But I think this team needed two depth forwards and they got two depth forwards. I like this for the Rangers a ton. And I think you get some help on that blue line uh, as a bottom pair guy for Braun. He's very solid in that role. So for me, the the Rangers and the Avalanche are kind of teams in that area where they got exactly what they needed coming out of this trade deadline. On the loser's side, uh, the Winnipeg Jets... The thing for me is that there was no real direction, you know, like they're giving up assets for Sanford, they're giving up assets for Appleton, and then they're trading away cop. So they were, and I get you don't have to just like, okay, we're just going this way. We can't add anyone because we're trading this dude away. And quite frankly, they are 
the least losery of the losers because I think the return for Cop is actually pretty good. A whack load of draft picks. One of them could turn into a first round pick if a bunch of different things happen. Um, but I, I just, A, I thought that there was a little bit of half pregnant going on here. And B, this isn't a team that is ready to make a playoff run. And quite frankly, is a team that I think, I don't want to say needs to start over. They're still only four points out of a playoff spot, I guess. But I, I just, it, it seems like, it seems like bigger changes need to be made. I'm not saying they needed to tra trade Shifley today. I just thought there was a little bit more that could have been done if you were going the direction of trading Cop away. Um, so I, I, I just, I didn't like the deadline for the Jets. I thought there was a little bit too much fence riding. The Capitals get Johansson. Um, they, they make another move today, too, that I totally thought I wrote down, but didn't. Johan Larson coming from Arizona for a third-round pick. Third-round picks, I think, probably traded the most today of anything, which is fine, but it's not, again, needle-moving. It's not game-changing for Washington, and I think Washington kind of needed that. They are, again, firmly in a playoff spot. They'll probably get the Florida Panthers in the first round of the playoffs. And you know what? They might even win that. But it just, we talked about Washington a couple of weeks ago. This is a team that's hovered around 500 at home. And I just don't feel like this is a team that has what it takes to take that next step. Like I, you look at kind of the, the top tier of teams in the Eastern Conference, the Tampa Bays, the Torontos. I, I don't even put them in the same ballpark right now as teams like Carolina or Pittsburgh or the Rangers or Florida. Like they are... They are just kind of bottom of the playoffs to me. And that's fine. You've won a Stanley Cup. Congratulations. You're like, whatever. But I feel like to keep this thing going forward, a little bit more needed. Like, they could have added a Raquel or someone like that. I feel like there was just a little bit more... I think this day needed to be a little bit more dynamic from a Washington perspective if they were going to make any kind of noise in the playoffs. As it sits right now, as my cat knocks the mic over, as it sits right now... This is a team that is just kind of there, right, in the Eastern Conference. The Vancouver Canucks, again, speaking of a team that's kind of half-pregnant, they uh, acquire Richardson by way of um, by way of waivers from the Calgary Flames, as my cat continues to cause a bunch of problems here. Come here, Ray. And there she goes. They add Richardson, I'm going to leave all this in. They, they add Richardson from Calgary on waivers, and then they trade Mott for a fifth, uh, or, or for a fourth. And it was like, okay, like that's, I guess you got something for, for Tyler Mott, but if, I guess th this is more of a, a job for the offseason. If the Canucks wanted to go for it, I thought there were moves that they could make to kind of go for it. And if they wanted to blow things up, I thought there was ways to go to blow things up. Instead, it was just, yeah, Tyler Mott, we'll see. Why not? Fourth round pick. Sure. I thought it was uh, a little bit underwhelming, the the return um, for, for Tyler Mott. I thought with all the third round picks going around today, I thought Vancouver could have got in on that train at least for Mott. Richardson will be a, a fine depth acquisition, but I thought the Canucks needed to, to kind of go either way on this one today, and, and they didn't really do it. And the last one, the Vegas Golden Knights. They are spiraling right now. At 72 points, they currently hold the final playoff spot, but are only a point up on Dallas, who has three games in hand, who, by the way, I thought maybe could have done a little bit more today as well. Um, but for, for Vegas, th this is not a team that just squeaks into the playoffs. And I wouldn't want to play them if they just squeak into the playoffs, because I still think this is a very talented hockey team. Injuries have been a disaster for them this season. And that's like, that, that, that is very, very clear. But I thought, and I, I know that their salary cap situation, again, 
is a disaster right now. But I thought they were a team that because of how creative they have been this year and, and how creative they have been in the past, I thought they could have tried to do a little bit more at this deadline to try to improve their situation just a little bit. So those are the winners and losers from what was a bit of a loser day of the NHL trade deadline. music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X is where the A's would be and find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. Maybe the biggest trade of the day came in the NFL as Matt Ryan goes to the Indianapolis Colts for a third round pick. Again, third round picks, very popular. But um, th this is a great one. Atlanta follows it up by signing Marcus Mariota to a two-year contract. Another domino to fall from this is Jameis Winston goes to New Orleans. That's probably the last thing I'm going to talk about either of those. Matt Ryan to the Colts is fascinating, though, to me, because I think that a lot of the pieces are already in place in Indianapolis. First of all, this is a team that is one just vomit job in the fourth quarter. Not even, well, in the fourth quarter against the Raiders, but then in all four quarters against Jacksonville away from making the playoffs anyway. And now to add a reliable presence at quarterback makes this team dangerous. I think it makes them the favorite in the AFC South. I think they could use one more playmaker. Like, I think they need a dude at receiver. And this is a difficult, obviously a difficult year to do that. There's a couple pretty good ones in the draft. But so far, nothing I've seen that's like, oh, this is the next Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or something like that. Um, now, I didn't see Jefferson or Chase necessarily turning into those things anyway. but. It doesn't seem like there are those dudes in there this year. And so the Colts, I think, need that one more weapon on the outside to, to try to really make a good push at this. But you already have Taylor. You already have Michael Pittman. Those are reliable sources to start from. Um, I feel like the defense is pretty good, although they had some trouble with, again, Jacksonville in the last game of the season. But I think just having an adult in the room is really going to help this Indianapolis Colts team moving forward. I think that the Colts... Yeah, I would put them as a favorite in the AFC South, and we're going to talk about it a lot, but when you look at how stacked the AFC West is right now, being a favorite in your division is not nothing, because then, if you don't win your division, you're going into that wild card gauntlet in the AFC with either like Baltimore or Cleveland uh, or Cincinnati out of the North, and then... Sorry, Pittsburgh. Um, and then whether it's Kansas City, the Chargers, the Broncos, or the Raiders coming out of the AFC West. And that's without thinking that the, the Dolphins are getting a little bit better. Although I have not been overly impressed with the offseason of the Dolphins so far. I've really liked what the Bengals have done the last few days, adding offensive line help. But the winning your division is going to be such a key this year, I think, in the AFC. A, just to get in, but B to at least give yourself a fighting chance against some very, very good teams in the playoffs because you'll be a division winner, you at least get to host a game. So I I think the Colts put themselves in a very good spot today in what is already an extremely competitive conference. And I, I kind of like what Tennessee has done so far this offseason. I think that more needs to be done to really shore up that defense, and that's probably coming in the draft. But the acquisition of Robert Woods is a good one. Uh, I think he's going to be everything they wanted Julio Jones to be. And I think it's going to add a, a little bit just a little bit more punch to an offense that needs just a little bit more. But the, the key in Tennessee is going to be Ryan Tannehill. And we, we saw he can be good. 
uh, but he can also cost you games. That there is no way they should have lost that Cincinnati game, and they did because of the quarterback. That that I, and you guys know I don't like putting all the blame on one spot. I think a lot of the blame deserved to go on one spot in that one because Ryan Tannehill just threw that game away. So the AFC South all of a sudden gets a little bit more interesting with the acquisition of Matt Ryan on his way to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I guess quickly to mention, uh, Jameis Winston back to New Orleans and you have uh, Marcus Mariota going to Atlanta. The Colts were kind of the last big one for the quarterback market. When you're looking at a trade for Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess Pittsburgh is all that's left, um, assuming they are looking at something other than a Mitch Trubisky. And I'm not saying Atlanta is like, well, don't worry, guys, we got Marcus Mariota, we're good. But they're also not, let's trade a bunch of assets for a quarterback because we're set. Like, they're, they're just going to look to move on. So either a team is going to get creative in making a move for a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Baker Mayfield and either... Like, I could see the Lions, maybe. It's like, well, we don't think Jared Goff is our guy. We also don't think our guy's in this draft. So, what the hell? Let's give her a go with Baker Mayfield. You could see, like, a situation like that or a situation where there's a young quarterback there that hasn't really panned out or... I don't know. Like, it's just... A, I think a lot of teams are going to be drafting backups this year at the quarterback position, which is, I think, the main takeaway I'm having from this NFL offseason. I think a lot of these teams are telling you early on what they think of these quarterbacks in this draft instead of just, oh, we, we're going to have one of these guys falling to us. It, it's, oh, sweet mother of God, get our quarterback now. I think that tells you all you need to know about the quarterback class this year. But I, I also think that like if, if you are looking to move one of your quarterbacks right now, kind of running out of chairs to to move them to. So that this is, uh, I think the next couple of weeks are going to be really interesting in the NFL offseason. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! Just a couple uh, quick topics here to close the show today. The Raptors, with their win over the 76ers. By the time you hear this, the Raptors are probably going to be playing the Chicago Bulls. Um, But that was such a great win for the Raptors uh, against the 76ers after such a tough loss against the Lakers. And again, to be doing all of this and hanging around in the conversation for sixth without, excuse me, without Fred VanVleet and without OG Ananobi and without Malachi Flynn, to um, to set yourself up the way that the Raptors have, I think has been phenomenal. And just a, a again, fantastic learning experience. Scotty Barnes is having to do more with the basketball than maybe you'd be comfortable with him having to do. Uh, but Gary Trent Jr. is stepping up in a big time way and now he's out against the Bulls. Um, but you have Chris Boucher playing in key minutes and Armani Brooks playing key minutes down the stretch. You are giving some real opportunities to some young players to step up. And a lot of them have been a couple of concerns from the Raptors last night, uh, free throws, free throws, free throws. That was bad. Um, a lot of the offense was bad defensively. They were great. One thing for Philadelphia, they're down a couple. I think they're down three, which maybe makes this make a bit more sense, but they're down three with under a minute left. Joel Embiid is catching the ball beyond the arc. The Raptors, as much as everyone talks about the size of this team, it's because their point guard is 6'8", not because their center is 7'5". They don't have 
a lick of an answer for Joel Embiid down low. Precious Achua, God bless him, but he would get bodied around by Joel Embiid down low if you just wanted to give it to him one step, shoulder down, power to move to the basket, two points. You know, like he could just go full on 2000 Shaq on this Toronto Raptors team. And I don't think they would have a hope in hell of stopping him, but he catches the ball outside and it leads to a steal that should have led to the end of the game with Gary Trent Jr. He misses the layup. They call a foul. The Raptors tip it in. They wave the basket off and then wave the foul off. And it leads to a a whole lot down the stretch. But I just, I was very confused as to why Philadelphia was so eager to take Joel Embiid as far away from the basket as possible. I I didn't like that for, for Philadelphia. And I think you look at the Sixers team and a lot of people excited early on about Harden and about Embiid, but they couldn't get anything going. And like, they're going to need Tobias Harris to do anything. And he didn't against the Raptors. And they're going to need to Maxi to step up in ways that I think he can, but ways that he hasn't before in key situations. So starting to look at Philadelphia a little bit differently. Really interested to see how the Raptors handled the test against Chicago coming up later on tonight. In baseball, we are the first few cuts into spring training. And oh my God, has it been great to watch the Blue Jays just hit the bejesus out of the ball. Vlad Guerrero Jr. has lost uh, a bit of weight. He came up, that boy is always going to look thick in the lower part. Um, and boy, that's a clip that could be taken out of context. But he's got he, he's got thick legs and it's like, oh man, did he put on a bit again? But then you see, oh no, he's just lost 21 pounds and he just has the lower drive of a small vehicle. Um, and then he obliterates a ball on Saturday afternoon. And then on Sunday, Matt Chapman, you see, A, you can see where some of the strikeouts come from because it is a bit of a slow looping swing. But when he runs into one, good Lord, and Alejandro Kirk is hitting home runs. And then today, Nate Pearson is having good at bats against major league talent on the Detroit Tigers, who I think are going to be sneaky good this year. Everything you've wanted to see from the Blue Jays so far, you have seen, with the exception of George Springer, but it seems like that's going to be fine. So I think that this is a... This has been a very positive start to the spring for the Toronto Blue Jays. Another one is Greg Bird. Obviously, him being a left-hander would be, I think, quite the asset for the Blue Jays. And I think he could give Vlad a day off at first base when Vlad needs to either DH or just get the day off um, if he doesn't want to play on turf 81 times a year because he hasn't had to yet at the Rogers Center. I think that this is... I think this is a spring that is shaping up very, very well for the Blue Jays. With the exception of Trevor Story going to the Boston Red Sox. And I I think the last couple of years of that contract of Story to the Boston Red Sox is going to be a benefit to the Blue Jays because I, I worry about him aging gracefully. Um, but I think he is going to be very dynamic at Fenway. I am surprised they're moving him to second and keeping Xander Bogarts at short. At least that's what they're talking about right now. Um, that, that, that does surprise me a little bit, but I think that that may, we kept waiting for Boston to improve and they kept not improving and now they're very good again. And I think last year they overperformed a little bit, but I think the addition of Trevor Story to that lineup is going to help boost up whatever regression there is. The last one is Carlos Correa goes to the Twins. And I said at the beginning that Minnesota kind of out-Yankee to the Yankees as they they moved Donaldson to New York, frees up a bunch of money that they 
then go out and spend on one of the top free agents in baseball. And according to various different reports, the Yankees didn't have a whole lot of interest in Carlos Correa. Anyway, it's kind of been a thing with the Reds, or sorry, with the Yankees and the Astros for the last little bit. I call bullshit on that because it's kind of been a thing with Josh Donaldson and Garrett Cole for a little bit now. And they're just playing that off like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's like whoever and whoever from back when they hated each other. I think that if you wanted to add Carlos Correa, you could have added Carlos Correa. I, I don't know if he didn't want to go to New York or if more specifically the Yankees didn't want to get into a bidding war and didn't think they could spend that way. So they tried to make the best of the situation. But it is... It's good for baseball that you see a Carlos Correa go to the Minnesota Twins. It is bad for the Yankees to see because this was a team that would just always outspend everyone. That That's how they were great for my entire childhood is they outspent everyone. And even if they didn't make the best free agent signing, they still had enough money to make up for it that they would go out and get someone else. Um, and it, it's just, it is surprising to see this Yankee team. They, they still need to make a move, right? Like they, they trade Voigt to, to San Diego the infield, as it sits right now, I guess would be Donaldson, uh, Torres, Connor Falefa, and Rizzo with LeMahieu being able to fill in and Connor Falefa being able to fill in all over the place as well. I still, like, people are starting to talk themselves into this starting rotation in New York. I'm not there. I, I think, talked about this a little bit on the, the Fresh Take Network. They're relying on best case scenario from basically everyone if they're going to compete in this division. And there's a lot of dudes who get hurt on this team. And there's been a lot of guys who haven't really performed all the way to where we thought they would um, necessarily from the Yankee perspective. So I, if I'm the Yankees, I'm a little bit concerned. Now, if they go out and make a trade for a couple of the Oakland starters in the next couple of days, you feel better about where this team is at. But right now it just seems like there's a lot of, oh, well, this guy's great. And this guy's great. And this guy's great. It's like, yeah, well, this guy's injury prone, this guy's injury prone, this guy's injury prone, this guy's injury prone. It would be the counter to that. So I I would be concerned a little bit from a Yankee perspective, which is great from a Blue Jays perspective. That's going to do it for Couch Potato Diary today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Remember, time is running out to get in on the WrestleMania contest. The winner gets a $25 gift card from Sea of Dead, free residential cleaning from Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, and two free tickets to see Can-Am Wrestling Show April 20th at the back alley. All you have to do, there's a Instagram post that says contest on uh, my Instagram page, at primetimecline. Share that in your story. Boom, you get an entry form. Leave a written review of Couch Potato Diary or just I, on Spotify, I don't believe you can leave a written review. Um, so on Apple Mu or on Apple Podcasts, written five star review. On Spotify, if you've listened to the show enough, there is an option to leave a five star review. Do that. Let me know you've done that and you get an entry form, or you can follow me on twitch.tv slash primetime PK and you get an entry form. Rank your WrestleMania predictions from most confident to least confident there'll be point values for each of those whoever gets the most points again $25 gift card sea of dead you get a um free residential cleaning from clearwater cleaning solutions and two free tickets to can am wrestling so again apple Podcasts, you can leave a five-star written review on spotify um if you've listened to enough episodes there is a a button that pops up that says you can leave a rating, do that and let me know. And I will let you in on this contest. And I also want to let you know about what Clearwater Cleaning Solutions has going on. They are the studio sponsor for Couch Potato Diary. You can join their March Madness promotion. If you phone and book and mention that you want to book the March Madness promotion, you will get 10% off your first invoice with them. 
Once again, thank you all so much for downloading. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe, wherever and however possible. And I will talk to you guys later this week. The schedule for me, Tuesday, uh, going to be on twitch.tv slash primetimepk, looking to finish off WWE 2K22's GM mode. That seemed to be a lot of fun the first time we did it, so gonna bring it back this next time. On Wednesday, we have the podcast here and hoping to get another Twitch session in. That one probably going to be some MVP baseball. Thursday, going to be an earlier than normal Twitch session on twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Going to be playing with the Flames all-time franchise team. And Friday is all TPD. So that's what's coming up for me this week. We'll also have another episode of We Had No Idea coming out later this week. So a lot from me still, which means I need to go nap. I will talk to you guys all later. I'm out.